I know my why now. And that's awesome to be able to say, because, you know, for a while, I, you know, I thought I did, but what I, the why I was chasing was not, was not genuine. It was not real. It was never meant to be. So I was kind of going down the wrong path. So it's showing up as everything in an industry that's so focused on commissions, because that's how we make our money. Obviously mm-hmm. uh, I understand why people get, you know, so, you know, burnt out because they're, they're trying to go hundred miles an hour for that every deal, every moment. Um, and if you don't, in my opinion, have that why that's greater than the transaction or, you know, there's a higher purpose for why you're in this industry or any, you're going to burn out eventually and, and fall short because you got to have something that sustains you and fuels you that gets you through. And real estate is a journey for sure. Um, and that's part of the fun of it. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Today's guest is such a genuine heart of pure kindness and service. It has to be acknowledged right off the bat. Tim McBride and I have only known each other for a very short time by way of courtesy from a mutual acquaintance. But you don't have to have played ball together or gone to the same high school to connect with someone who, by all accounts, resonates on the same frequency as you do. Today's conversation overflows with Tim's incredible drive to excel at everything he does. And I mean everything. From being among the top 1% of all real estate agents in the state of Arizona to an incredibly successful entrepreneur, devoted man of faith, immensely committed husband and father, as well as a proactive philanthropist in his local community, Tim's heart is driven by contributing to positive change in the world. Hard work, drive, and perseverance has also garnered Tim a few much-deserved accolades, including being named to the Scottsdale Association of Realtors 40 Under 40 list in 2022, winning him the Housing Wired's 2022 Rising Star Award. Tim has always believed in a purpose bigger than himself. While real estate is his business, Service is Tim's passion. In 2018, he founded Homes for Good, a grassroots fundraising movement that uses real estate to connect people with causes they can support. On this episode, grab a seat and get comfortable as Tim takes us on his heartwarming and impactful journey through incredible highs and gut-wrenching lows to sour relationships to fighting for the love of his life and eventually using his business as a means to truly give back. This conversation will not disappoint. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 193 with Tim McBride, the change agent. Here we go. So really, Tim, uh, I always like to uh, open up these conversations. Um, Traditionally, I always like to do what I call celebrating the guest. And we've only known each other for a really short time. And of course, I have to open up the conversation. Even before I say anything, I want to give a special shout out to our wonderful friend and acquaintance, uh, Dennis Gable, a brother and a friend. Dennis, you know, I love you, man. But uh, thank you for this connection. Thank you for the Storytellers uh, Slack group uh, through which I connected with Tim. Um, but uh, Tim, it's uh, for me, it's very important uh, for you to know that I really admire all the work that you're doing. Like I said, I've only known you for a very short time, but I've had the time to actually, you know, like not do some, you know, investigative digging. No, um, it's all, I'm very big about the human uh, behind, you know, just the Instagram and the websites and the wonderful flair. But no, I really enjoy your energy. I really enjoy this powerful message because you say it everywhere. You know, you lose breath about saying it. You are here 
to impact and not just be standing out for the transactions or the deals you make. And I really enjoyed the way you said it. I'd rather be remembered for the impact and legacy I left behind rather than the deals I made. And that is a very strong and powerful set of words because we do have that image of the superstar real estate broker, right? So, of course, like million dollar homes and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's good. You know, we live in a capitalist society and, of course, run your business, do those deals. And that, I'm all about the grind. I'm all about, you know, go out there and hunt and gather and provide. That's do what you got to do. But the way, you know, it's, it's very important that people understand that we are all people. And there's, there's this wonderful sense of service that I see in your work, that I see in your mission, this energy that you share, this, this, this drive to always be of service to your community. And for me, that really hits home because I come from Haiti, as I just told you. And just hearing the word community is forgetting is, again, not losing sight of the fact that we can always do something, however small. You know, you don't always have to go to, again, I don't know, just Senegal and open up a hospital, but you can actually do some good work right next door. Go out your door and say, huh, okay, huh, my local team needs some uniforms. Let me gather some neighbors and let me grab one dollar from every neighbor and let's go buy, you know, I don't know, a backpack, some stuff. I'm just making stuff up. But the fact that you dedicated, you know, and are still are, you know, putting out that message of service, community togetherness change because every single one of us have a little bit more that they can give and there's always you're never left without the opportunity to do good if it's not monetary it can actually just be making connections making networks and letting people know that you know what here or again just highlighting some good work going on around you hey there's this great organization there's this great charitable organization doing some great work maybe we should contribute and how can we do that and that's the, the 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 drive and the the motivation that I've seen from you, and that's something that totally resonates uh, with the message of uh, togetherness and connection that we try to promote on this in this program. And again, you're an individual with a tremendous tremendous you know drive and dedication, and I really admire that because again, real estate is a very very difficult difficult business. But for people who do that, I really salute you. But for everything that you are and everything that you do, you're a family man, you know, you're a fun guy. You know, I really enjoy your drive. I really enjoy your energy. I'm all about energy. So with all that, for everything that you do and still doing, man, thank you so much for being on the program. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you. Thanks for being on the program, man. Welcome. Wow. Thank you. Uh, that's quite an introduction. Um, I'm very, very grateful for those words because they mean a lot. And it, it goes a long way with for me personally, because I'm such a words of affirmation type of guy that when I see people seeing what I'm doing and responding the way you just did, it just, that fuels me, you know, it kind of lights that, that fire to kind of burn a little stronger. Um, and it's so sincere. It's more with what I'm doing. So I, I really do appreciate that. Um, and it's been, you know, we just connected online. So uh, it's a pleasure to really connect with you now and better understand kind of your journey, your story, and just how authentic you are and, and the why behind what you do. And it's been awesome to kind of be able to see it from the sidelines. But to now be here in conversation with you, I'm, I'm honored. So it's, thank a, you. It's, a, it's sincere. It's sincere, brother. Where, where like you said, you shared so much. But, you know, for me, it all started when you shared that, that, that testimonial video about the mission, because a mm. lot of us. And a lot of people listening to us, and I think it's like a nice way to start off the conversation because we're all out here. It's nice to say that, okay, I want to help out. I want to do good. Am I just here to do that? And you speak with such conviction. And it's not a fluke. It's not a sales pitch. You speak with such conviction in regards to this is what I am here to do. And a lot of us get 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 so fogged up. And it's like, 
you you think you think change, you think Mother Teresa, you think Richard Branson, you think Elon Musk. But what I hear from you is the fact that, yeah, you can be someone just doing your thing in your area, in your niche, whatever it might be, and you can still bring positive change. Can you reassure those of us listening and maybe overblowing it that, again, change is accessible. Change is right next door. As long as, like, you know, help someone carry their groceries. That's change. But can yeah. you help us? Can you help them dumb it down? Because a lot of us, a lot of us are, are just frozen by the fear that I'm not I didn't start Tesla. What am I doing? So can you yeah. boil it down for them? Yeah, I think first off, there's there's a saying we've all heard it. I think it, it struck home for me when I started what I was doing and that. Um, but to have it strike home, I had to go through a lot of experiences professionally and, and personally. But that that is that term is find a need and fill it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we've all heard it. Uh, but I think internally we hear that and we go to the extremes of, well, I see a need of a brand new school needs to be built. I can't finance that. I need, I see a thousand people on the streets that need to be you know, served and sell and celebrate and, and hopefully transitioned in a better housing situation. So they're no longer in you know, the circumstances they're in. I can't fix that. So I think we, we know how simple it can be in finding and fill it, but we are quick to over-exaggerate what that might actually be. I don't know if it's a self-defense mechanism uh, or what it is that kind of stops us from actually fulfilling that, that task. Um, For me, you know, I was, what I've started with Homes for Good, what I've started with this change agent brand that you're speaking about. um, It took a long, it was a long road to get to where I'm at. And it wasn't a road that I, I chose, if you will. And I'll tell my clients that I'd never had any intention of ever being a real estate agent. I'd never had any desire or goal to be in this industry. No uh, kidding. You're now, serious? Yeah. None of this was ever who I thought I would ever be or imagine myself doing. Um, but I can com- confidently tell you I've never been more secure in who I am and what I'm doing than I've ever been in my life. And it's in an wow. industry, in a city that I never imagined myself living in and raising my family in and in an industry working in. Um you know, you mentioned earlier I'm a Canuck, so I, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. I love that you're Canadian. Well, live in Canada. Did you go back there? For, I know from, you mentioned uh, from Haiti, but did you were you born and raised in Montreal? Or? I was born. I was born in Ottawa. Okay. Grew up in grew up mostly in Haiti. My parents my parents are still home, but most of my most of my adult my my all the way through teens, but just before college, it was in Haiti, and then I transitioned. Yeah. I came to Montreal for college, and that's where I met my wife, also Haitian, and we've been here since uh, I've been here since two thousand one, and yeah. uh, two kids at home, and uh, that all that wonderful stuff, and shoveling snow. <laughs> Love it. I had some good friends from Vancouver go to McGill, so that was a. A desirable destination for people from Vancouver, you know, trying to escape home, go somewhere different. Montreal was a place a lot of people landed. Uh, but I say that for me, I was always, you know, really emotionally attached to the industry of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I always was inspired by teams and athletes. I found, you know, connection in it, uh, found purpose in it. And in many ways, it could be a distraction from life as well, just the entertainment side. And I played all the sports. You know, I, I tried to take certain skill sets to the collegiate level. That's one of the reasons I came to the U.S. But, um, you know, I was the youngest of four boys. And then my little sister came along. And I love yeah, I love my brothers to death. But when you're the youngest of four, you don't have much of a voice. You know, anytime mm-hmm. my hand was raised and say, let's do this, you know, I was quickly shut down or not listened to. And it's just kind of the dynamic of a family, you know, high energy boys wanting, all wanting to be heard, all wanting to do something. So, you know, I think early on, I learned to 
kind of quietly be in the background and observe and not knowing it really developed my ability to listen and that skill set and kind of see, you know, the moving pieces, the dynamics of the relationships each sibling had with myself, with each other, with my parents and learn how to navigate that. And, you know, I knew pretty, pretty quickly into my like teenage years that you know, as much as I love growing up in Vancouver, Vancouver is never going to be home for me. I needed to, to break away. I needed to just to go somewhere different. And so, so you I felt it. You knew that was something you had to go. Yeah. And I didn't know really what it was at the time. And I, you know, when you're that young and you're growing up, you don't know. I, I loved everything about my life, but at the same time, I knew this wasn't, you know, really where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. I wanted to, to escape in a sense and kind of go out into the world and kind of find my own voice, find my own identity and purpose. And, you know, sport was something I was so attached to and drawn to in an industry I wanted to to be in and, and compete in. Uh, so I ended up actually taking um, the year off and I moved to Florida. I got into IMG Academy, a big sport academy down there. And mm-hmm. I pursued golf as a way to maybe get access to education. Um, all my brothers also went to the U.S. for college. Uh, but I think all of them really kind of, maybe my oldest brother, not so much. He's kind of like me where I don't think we were ever really attached to Vancouver is where we wanted to end up. You know, it's where we're from, but you know, there was a word out there we wanted to kind of go explore and, and find a home in. And uh, I ended up at Arizona State University out of Florida after six months there. And I learned, well, you know, training with incredible talent that it wasn't in the cards for me. You know, mm-hmm. I could grind and grind and shoot a really good score. But when you see a 14-year-old kid just go lights out on the golf course, you know which one's going to get the Division One scholarship and which one's going to get okay. you know, you know, either a Division Three in a random you know city that I'm not familiar with in an area I don't want to be type of thing. Um, and that's not to say it's a bad thing, but I realized like this isn't what I want to do. I loved the relationship that I can maybe have with athletes. Um, and, you know, Jerry Maguire was uh, a popular movie at the time, and I loved that idea. Maybe I can be an agent. So I came to ASU and I just, you know, I got my business degree here and I quickly got to LA and I wanted to be the agent as much as I kind of matured through my university years and kind of figured out what it is I want to do. That was always what kind of drove me from a profession standpoint. And when you're Canadian down here, you got to figure out what kind of job I can get out of college so I can keep my visa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I got out to LA, uh, worked with a top agency there and just kind of worked my way up. And as I kind of lived in that environment, uh, I met a lot of great people, learned a ton, uh, but about four years of grinding, you know, six till nine, six a.m. till nine, eight p.m. kind of every night working for pennies. You realize that you better really want it and love it. And I realized this isn't for me. Um, I found myself being drawn more to the creative side, the marketing, the branding. And I was working for one of the partners. I sat down with him and I asked, like, are you at any time going to expand and create a sports division? Because mm-hmm. that's really where my heart is. That's what I'm, I'm driven. I'm really passionate about. Um, and they said no. And right beside me, CA, William Morris, IMG, they were all absorbing smaller boutique groups and creating their big, you know, powerhouse sport divisions. So I realized if they're not going to be in that space, then I have no interest in being here. I'm not looking to be a music, an agent for musicians or comedians or talent. All the I other want to be a sports agent. Same. I want to be sports. And I realized I was going to go law because I thought I needed law because obviously you need to have that in your back pocket to get certified by the Players Association. So this was all like 2005, six, seven. And um, so in 2008, I decided to go back to grad school. I love being in Orange County. I said LA and there was a great program through the University of San Francisco uh, sports management program. And I got into that and I use it as a way just to network my way in to kind of leaders, decision makers, academia as well to, 
to kind of network, build my, the relationships that I could kind of lean into to help kind of navigate how I wanted to operate in that industry. Uh, but I knew it was on the creative side. Um, and at that time, digital marketing was becoming a little more of a thing and, you know, social media platforms started taking out and players became more of a, you know, a, a brand. It wasn't necessarily the team. And I always believed that. that. Yeah. And I've always believed athletes and teams were, could represent so much good. Right. To me, sport was so much more powerful than a platform to entertain. Um, it can heal, it can unify, it can celebrate. It can, you know, it can just be in relationship with anyone at any time because most people have some sort of connection or relationship to a sport. Um, so there's a lot of power and good that comes with it and a lot of access. And long story short, you know, I was always chasing as I'm able to reflect back, you know, titles, I feel like. And when you're young, and you're trying to figure it out that, you know, I think that's okay because you start to learn about who you are and what you like and don't like. Of course. Um, I ended up at Red Bull North America, their corporate division for a couple of years in their sports marketing division. I love that. I love the culture. I got to kind of immerse myself in the experiences that came with that type of brand, something that's very unapologetic, very progressive, forward thinking, creative. The people are amazing. Um, and I kind of just, I was there for a couple of years, worked with the Rebel Air Race. We got to travel the country. And this was kind of where I wanted, I thought I wanted to be. And again, I think I found myself at a young age, the immaturity of it was just really valuing the title rather than the responsibility, then the responsibility. and kind of, you know, what I could project to the world that I'm, a, you know, a sports marketing manager at Red Bull, you know, the value that that's valuable. Um, but knowing that I really didn't love the job, <laughs> you know, like, wow. thinking, we live in such a culture where we're trying to show off our titles, right? We're trying to show our, when they ask you, who are you? The first thing you do is tell your job title. I am so, in, I'm such and such yeah. at such and such. Yeah. Wow. That's how it works. And, you know, this all comes, you know, it's easier to, to reflect back and see, but I was just pushing, trying to figure out, you know, you know, what's next for me? Where do I want to be? What do I want, you know, what do I want my career to really look like? And I knew it was in sport, right? That was just kind of my, that was my North star. And uh, it kept changing as I put myself into different environments. And I think that's how you figure out what, you know, you know, what you end up eventually doing is by trying and, you know, stepping off the boat, um, and trying to just kind of and learn and go with what comes at you. That's so I know there's a lot to say here and unpack, but I, this is kind of, this was my journey for a few, 10, 12 years. And I ended up uh, leaving LA and that job in 2011 um, to pursue my wife in San Diego. We mm -hmm. were together for a long time work. You know, we, we broke up for a couple of years, sadly, it was a hard time, but you know, she went to New York and flourished and got her nursing degree. And I stayed and did grad school and, you know, when I heard she moved back, I had realized that, you know, the love of my life, I let get away and I, I wasn't going to let that, you know, uh, that failure define good that, for you relationship. So yeah, wow. it took a lot of negotiating to get her to just <laughs> believe in me again, you know, um, and we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. We have three beautiful children. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So I, yeah, I, I love, she is you know, my world in so many ways. And she's opened up my eyes to so many, you know, parts of me I didn't realize, you know, I, I had until, you know, she, you know, God, I like, I'm a man of faith that God brought her into my life at the mm -hmm. right time. Mm -hmm. Revealed to me, you know, who I think I needed to become and wow. not just for her or for my kids, but for myself and for the world. Um, you know, I think I've, you know, being the youngest, you compare yourself a lot. And, a lot. Because right. you have all that precedence before you. So yeah. you're always compared or you're always like, always have to live up to, to right? 
Yeah, and I think those those relationships in the as a as a kid growing up, I was constantly trying to prove my worth, my value to my brothers for you know reassurance that you know they love me, whether that like all subconscious stuff I believe and. Um, but I, I can reflect back and see how I would behave and how I'd operate and just constantly wanting their approval and acceptance. Cause I'm the young brother wanting to keep up and play. And, you know, when I didn't get that, it was hurtful. It was hard. Um, and when you have parents with five kids, it's, you know, you just life moves fast. Right. And that's one reason I think I want to just branch out and be on my own. And again, just be my own man and have my own voice and figure out, you know, what makes me tick, what makes me happy and what defines me. And, um, uh, and it shouldn't be upon other people's approval. Right. But I think what I did as I got into the, the professional world, I started, you know, using getting approval, trying to earn approval and validation through titles. Wow. Right? And I think that's a dangerous slope to go down um, unless you find, you know, the path that you, that defines you. Um, so I ended up in San Diego, uh, never felt really at home at rebel, never felt at home in the agency world. And while I was in San Diego, um, took some months of just showing up and being present in front of my wife, asking her for coffee. Uh, a lot of grads, when I graduated call it grad school, I had a lot of um, friends of mine had lived in the San Diego area. So it was easy just to drive down and be there. And mm-hmm. I finally just got her to say yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. I mean, and when she gave me that opportunity to be back in her life, you know, I knew there was, this was the one shot I got. So I quickly... Uh, proposed to her within a couple months and we were married six months later in 2012. That is so, amazing. So we met in 2004 and, you know, we dated for on off about five years and two years apart. And then, uh, you know, when she moved back from New York to San Diego, I knew that this Good was my you. show. So, Good on you. Good on you. I'm so, so happy for you. That's where kind of my entrepreneurial spirit, I think, kicked in. Um, and a good friend of mine here in Arizona um, former best friend and former best man in my wedding. It's a, it's a sad story, but you know, I hope there is um, a happy ending at the end, but we'll, time will tell on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had start, we started a company and this was what I thought would be my, my legacy. Everything I've been working for finally all came together and it was a platform we called pleasure. It was a real time performance giving platform where we got to work. I went and met with pro athletes and teams and, we create a platform to invite fans into the work that they were doing to give back to their communities. And we used real time fantasy data at a small price point to uh-huh. gamify that gift. And together you'd have your favorite player in the fan base, you know, celebrating something that was of immediate need in the community in which these players played, you know, more and more players were starting their own foundations. Players were becoming more popular online uh-huh. and, you know, I, we created something that worked and we raised money here in, in Arizona and, uh, our tech team was built here, and after about two years of building it, funding it, we launched it, and um, I moved the family out here in 2015, in the fall, so almost seven years ago now, or eight years, wow. 2023. Wow. And uh, some situations took place um, that I wasn't aware of, and I wouldn't have been aware of if I wasn't physically present here, and I believe, I truly believe God brought me here to, to tear it all down. You believe that? Uh, yeah, 100% believe that, and... I was, you know, my blinders were up. I believed that what I was doing was, was my why was my purpose, but obviously he had other plans in store for me. And I think he brought me here to open my eyes to who my business partner was and who, mm-hmm. how he was living and how that ended up, you know, affecting our bank accounts and our ability to actually run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so within a couple months, I had to remove him from the business, remove him from my life, remove him and reestablish trust with our investors, our team, and more importantly, my family who put a lot of trust in me to mm-hmm. take this company and launch it and move us from California here. 
And that was hard. Um, but I can imagine. Wow. <laughs> every, and I had convinced myself, I think at somewhere along the way, this is exactly what I want to do. And this is what I want my future to be. This is what I like my legacy. I want to create for my family, for my kids. It's everything I, I, I envisioned or I, I connected with in sport, the power of entertainment, the power of influence and give back and community. And we can bring it all together and we can create a platform that's fun. It's charitable. And it's a way to bring, all pieces of the marketplace together from the nonprofit for profit. That's what I love. That's what I love about the platform that you brought forward <laughs> is the fact that, you know, it's perfectly okay to because profit and philanthropy and service and doing good that that can coexist. It's, profit is not a bad word. It exists for a reason. Okay? Yeah. I remember I, I remember I read this book. Uh, I don't remember what I'm I, I'm going to quote it, but I forgot the book. I'm sorry. But yeah. I think you said something like um, it's hard to help poor people when you're one of them. So hmm. it's perfectly okay. Like, again, a lot of people think about profit and think, oh, like, you know, Mr. Moneybacks. But you know what? If you come from a place of sincerity and truth and honest willingness to serve, again, I love that word, to serve. When you push yourself yeah. forward, like, I am of service and how can I serve you? How can I bring value to you? Like you said, it's not about the transaction. It's also about the transformation Correct. and what type of imprint, what type of impact are you leaving behind? And I think that speaks, um, again, you, you were talking and I'm like, this is this is exactly what we're talking about, because you need to step forward into the light, into your own greatness and sincerely admit to yourself, because I heard a lot. I heard about commitment. I heard about sacrifice. I heard about accountability. Uh, mm. I, took, I heard about ownership um, again, I, again, friendships, because elevating into your career and furthering into your journey, you will lose relationships. And that's that's something that, you know, for good or for bad. And I'm sorry that those circumstances had to happen that, you know, unfortunately, we realized that as same way we can grow out of some clothes. Again, we mm -hmm. realized that, you know, that restaurant we went to probably was not the best food for us. Or again, that relationship that we entertained and that business partnership that we had, unfortunately, was not something that that served us. And that's not selfish. It's again, it's has to, you have to be selfless. But right. I really want to applaud you because that takes a lot of resilience because this journey was not did not happen in a single day and i heard a lot of 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 commitment on your part and of course i just want to you know i want to i want to tell you i'm really proud of you for sticking through because it is not that was not easy that was not no. easy tim no and i think i appreciate that and i think you know so often we want these titles or these jobs and responsibilities but i think when you hear the journey it takes someone to get to that mm -hmm. you, you might not be willing to make that commitment mm -hmm. right? the trials mm -hmm. and tribulations come with that might be something that is overwhelming or much of a no to take, make you not even want to try. Mm -hmm. You might go a different path. And I think when people share their stories and their journeys and the highs and the lows, the wins, the losses, all of it, you know, I think that can be the real inspiration people need to make the choice to either step forward into something or, or go or pivot and go a different direction. Because I think if we look at just the superficiality of a label or a title, that's not enough. That's just, there's, that can't, that's, there's so much more behind it. So there has to be more to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think for me, you know, I, whether I knew it or not, I was constantly chasing these titles and I would do whatever it took to get into those positions to have it. And, you know, obviously I was I'm blessed enough to be able to get it. And I believe the world works on, you know, you know, not who you know, but who knows you. And I'm just so grateful for so many people that opened doors for me because I think if I didn't have those relationships, a lot of the opportunities I may never have had, but, you know, I, when I had to shut it all down, um, I was given the validation that what I was doing had a purpose and it was working, just maybe not necessarily through our platform. It wasn't meant to be. But uh, if you're a sports guy, 
Well, you remember the hurricane that hit Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, well, JJ Watt turned his phone around and literally just said, you know, I love this city too. Together we can rebuild it. Help me out. And I think he raised over $20 million from his fan base in small donations because they genuinely oh. believed what he was saying was truth and that they then got to see him live it out. That guy was on the street doing what was necessary to serve and help Houston get back on its feet. And what we had created was a, a cool platform in that sense where the platform is designed for the voice of the talent to go, this is what I care about. Mm-hmm. This is my why in terms of my using my platform to serve. And, you know, media at the time and still does loves to label athletes as, you know, not necessarily role models, but just entertainers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have such a powerful platform and it's such an incredible um, opportunity to really invest into others and invest uh, into building, you know, community and building people up because they inspire on such incredible levels and mentor and motivate. And uh, I wanted to kind of pay tribute to that and create a platform for them to have their voice heard in a way that wouldn't be manipulated by the media and be shared directly to their fan base, to their audience and have it done in real time when they're competing, when all eyeballs are on them Mm -hmm. and whatever it was they care about, invite their fans to be part of it during a game. Wow. That's what it was. And we got really close. You know, I had teams looking at it. I had, we were on the iPhone. We had players looking, using it. Um, And it just, I thought we were about to, you know, rocket shoes. Let's go to the moon with this thing. And it all came crashing down pretty quick. But yeah. I had so many, you know, higher ups in the industry from all sports um, in incredible positions, validate what I was doing and support it and believe in me. But it's, uh, you know, I could never get the right money, amount of money at the right time to execute. And I finally had to say, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it took seeing things like JJ Watt's situation to make me realize like I was onto something we were onto something and it just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And that kind of gave me that peace. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of started to, to not necessarily spiral, but really feel lost. I would say into 2016, 2017, because early 270, because I didn't know where to go um, for, from a professional standpoint, everything I'd been doing was network wise, career wise was in California. As I looked around Phoenix, I didn't find a lot of positions that got me too excited. You know, I looked at some teams, but, you know, I didn't want to go back and like, I wasn't looking to get into the front office. Um, but what I, what made me pivot is just an incredible men's group I got involved with that just kind of allowed me just to be just honest and transparent and break down and let them know, like, I, I felt like I failed. Um, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn. And um, like I said, I believe God tore it all down so that he could then lift me up and put the right people around me to, you know, really allow me my strengths, my gifts, you know, my personality and the things I want to do really come to light. And that's what happened. And one guy just said, I think you should take your entrepreneurial spirit and your relationship kind of driven kind of approach to doing business and get into real estate. And my first response was hell no. Hell no. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Yeah. And I literally like I've invested 12 years of my profession into this grad school, like all that, that, isn't me. And that, I think that's what was so crazy about it, is that was my first response. That's not me. I'm not a realtor. I'm not a re- real estate agent because I quickly associated my worth to the, to the title. The title. Right. And my perception of the industry wasn't a positive one. You know, I, for me, it was like real estate agents are like car salesmen. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that with disrespect, but it's something I had no intention to ever want to do. But after some time thinking about it and praying about it, I realized what I loved m- what I loved about my own company was really that lit that spark for community uh, and the power of building community through different platforms um, and different vehicles, whether it's sport, 
or professional athlete or team or, or real estate or something completely different, but use the platform we have to be of service to something bigger, to be of service to the needs of our community around us. Um, and like I said earlier, find that need and fill it. So I love that side that never had really come out in all the positions I wanted I was in before. Um, so I actually, as I was getting my license, I was looking at like at positions with nonprofits. It was an area I really kind of wanted to potentially kind of lean into and explore. And um, the other side was I didn't want to lose the access I had to my wife and my kids. Okay. Uh, that was everything to me. Um, and I looked at a job with the Suns I almost got, but I would have lived at the stadium. I would have been at every home game for the Phoenix Suns, and I would have missed out on mornings, evenings, and so many things. And I didn't want to give that up. And it, the money wasn't so, worth it, and the time wasn't worth it. It's important to know. It's important to know your non-negotiables, isn't it? Because oh, I hear you being anchored with your North Star. You talked about, I really want to be able to leave and do some good to the community. That's an anchor for you because mm-hmm. I heard a lot of pivots. I saw, I noticed a lot of pivots, but I really enjoy that that aspect of fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up, fall down. Oh, man, this sucks. Get back up. Yeah. I never heard you just like hang it up because all I hear, of course, confusion and pain and hurt. That that's that's part of it. I went through it myself, but I yeah. really enjoy this fact because I don't want to I, I don't want people to miss this detail. The fact that you are anchored in your North Star, you know what matters to you. I don't know how, but my <laughs> why is consistent my why is fixed my north star is there i'm going to get there and just like you i'm a family man i have a wife and two kids i turned down a very heavy career because you know what i wanted to live no more than 15 minutes from home and i want to be home for supper and you know what that matters to me i could have you know so many so many zeros on my paycheck but just like you and that's something i really tip my hat to because that is something that people need to know they're non-negotiables. What are you willing to sacrifice for what you want? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, I feel like I'll probably talk too much. No, no, it, this is know, your point. We're once, just talking. No worry about it. Yeah, once we get going, it goes. So, you know, long story short, this summer 2017, I said, I'm all in. Let's do this. And I got my license and I explored different teams. I knew I needed like a mentor or someone to kind of help me along. Um, and I learned early on that um, – I didn't have a network a, I could lean on to quickly give me business. So I had to figure out, okay, where is there an opportunity for me to build a network? How can I quickly start building relationships with, you know, potential buyers and sellers and start understanding, you know, the ins and outs of this business. Cause you get licensed. It's pretty easy, but none of what you learn in the classroom really is, translates into the, the real world. Right. That's what I hear uh, a lot. Yeah. So I made a commitment to myself though. Early on, I heard someone tell me like, know who you are and know who you aren't in this business because there's a lot of shiny objects and you're going to be, you know, attracted to trying all of them. That's great advice. You think that's, what's going to make you successful. You know, you know, real estate isn't about buying and selling homes. It's about, you know, building relationships with people and people want to work with who they know, like, and trust. And, you know, for me, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I got to, I want to honor everything I've been in the past in certain roles bringing the creativity of Red Bull, the agency world in terms of professionalism, um, pleasure, the, the nonprofit side, the community focus, and really find these elements of, of what I re- really enjoyed in prior roles and try to bring that into my brand. And, you know, I'll be honest, when I got into real estate, I, I hate and I still struggle with it, the way agents market themselves. Um, you know, day one, I could put on my business card. I'm the number one real estate agent in Scottsdale. No one, and it means nothing. No one knows you. No one's going to challenge me. And there's a way I can spin that story to have it relate to me being number one. Um, so like, there's all these like 
false representations. And it's a way just to try to show that you're, you're really successful to a marketplace that doesn't know you and hopefully will use you because they see that title or number one, he must be good. Yeah. So I, I, one thing I'm a hockey guy, I I love Wayne Gretzky and I love his quote. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. take. So I had three and a half months left and I'm like, I'm going to create a little brand and I put a campaign together and I blasted out my, my brokerage realty executives here. So we have lots of agents and lots of inventory. And I said, I'm going to set a hundred open homes in the next three and a half months, basically to close out the month based off Wayne Gretzky's quote. Uh, If you need me, I'll be your guy. And I did it because I saw an open house as a way to be, be in the community every day, get out of the house, show my wife I'm committed to this. Um, You know, I owe her, I owe her everything. She stuck with me through that, the crap of, moving here, failing, failing her, failing the family and the company. And I know it's not necessarily that, but that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I needed her to see that, like, I'm not playing games here. That's like, how I'm, you felt. That's how I'm you all felt. in, right? And I'm a very loyal, emotional, honest guy. And I felt that I take, I was taken advantage of. And I felt like I failed my family. These things that you go through when what you're trying to build is you create a false sense of like reality of what it actually could be. Like I made it out to be like, pleasure is going to be so much more that maybe it ever would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that failed obviously you know the devastation was that much stronger so i i started i found open house as a way to create an office space for myself every day i could go sit and no one comes in that's fine i can get some other things done for the business and i learned really quick because of technology people don't need me in that house um they've got everything on their phone they know all the, all the public records and all the criteria of the home they just want to be left alone to walk around so wow. after a couple of weeks of doing this i realized there's great opportunity in this space to build relationships with people because there's an opportunity to engage. And I don't want to engage as the typical realtor or maybe not the typical realtor, but the realtor that wants to manipulate you to give me your information. So I can then harass you to get your business. If, like I said, I truly believe, and you'll hear it all the time. People work with who they know, like, and trust. And that, that goes for almost anything. So, it just kind of came to me like Pledger was an awesome platform and we gamified giving through something had to happen a trigger. And so I'm like in 2018, I'm going to identify a nonprofit for every month and I'm going to go meet with them and I'm going to commit to doing 20 open houses on their behalf. And I'm going to bring their story into my, the conversations. Just like that. Just like that. So I went and sat with them. I go, I'm going to give you $5 out of my pocket for every open house. I sit. So it makes it fun. It makes me have to do my job. Mm-hmm. I'm making that commitment up front. So $20. And then for everyone that comes in, I'll give a dollar. So I gamified that side of it. Mm-hmm. And I told them like, what I'm going to say is by you showing up, a dollar is going to be donated on your behalf to support to such and such charity organization. But I want it to go towards something because I believe that when we give, we often forget where our dollars go to follow up on where our dollars are going. And because mm-hmm. Busy lives, we don't follow through on more giving unless it's something very powerful. Um, so my whole concept around this was to bring the story back. And that's what Pledger was to show that this dollar amount led to this basketball court being built now for Boys and Girls Club. And you and your favorite player together did that. And you get mm-hmm. to be a part of that as a community standpoint. So that's what I said. I'm like, what is where is there a small need right now for this group? Like, how can I help you know fill that or support that need that's going to benefit what you're your mission is for this year. And, you know, if it's a hundred bucks, what does that do? So I can tell people that this did that. So 
First tee of Phoenix, we're going to sponsor a child for $100 to get gets access to the game golf for a year that otherwise would not have. They wouldn't have access otherwise. Wow. It's so it's just that simple. It's not necessarily about the big check that we had to give. It's about the life that was impacted or And the memory that's built. They will never forget that. And if you realize that, you know, five bucks did this, you do five bucks all the time. But, you know, and these organizations are so spread thin, they don't have the time to follow up with every donor. So they don't have marketing budgets. They don't have campaigns. They just do what they can. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to be that individual that just finds your website and puts it out there and exploits it for my own benefit. Like I want to show that we're in relationship with each other and I'm going to be a conduit that shares your voice, your story, you know, the needs of your organization, because more people need to know about the great works happening in the city. And if you love the things that are happening in your city, it makes the value of the home much greater because you love where you live. And it just kind of, I had people rally around it real quick. And that's when like the light bulb went off. Like, this is why I'm doing this. This, this is why you're doing, there's and your why. When, and when I did it, what God made very clear to me, he's like, real estate's like sport. It's, it's a powerful platform to have access, to be in relationship with people on a much greater scale than just, you know, entertainment or the transaction. I was going to ask you that, like, you know, have you found some, some similarities or some tools that you've used from your expertise in, in whether exposed in the Red Bull environment, dealing with teams in the sports environment that you brought into your real estate business? Do you see some similarities or some tools that you used? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, first off, Homes for Good is a byproduct of pleasure, my old company, mm-hmm. gamifying of giving. And I just changed the kind of the, the template a little bit. Um, with Red Bull, I, I love just how unapologetic they were with branding and, and creativity. Um, and because of that, they're, they're also very protective of their brand. So I didn't just let anyone come be a part of what I was doing. I'm a hat collector. Um, I have so many new eras and I love, the, I love what a hat can represent. You know, when you win a championship, what's the first thing you put on? You put a hat. When you play on a team, a hat represents more than just, you know, you as an athlete represents mm-hmm. a community, a family, a team, um, and they're creative pieces. Too. So I have so many hats I've probably never worn. I just love the look of them, too. Like, mm-hmm. little pieces are for me. So uh, when I was at Red Bull, I was never allowed a Red Bull hat because they're all per- custom designed for their athletes. And anytime you see anyone else know that. in a Red Bull hat, it, it, unless it's off, off the market, because uh, a lot of people like to you know, make them now. But um, yeah, any, a, a real Rebel hat is only for an athlete to wear. And they made it so exclusive that it had this power to it. Um, so when I started, everything, I just didn't want to let everyone in and be a part of what I'm doing because I, I valued, you know, the authenticity of what I wanted to build. I valued mm-hmm. the brand that I was building and I wanted to, to be different. And, you know, sport is competitive, it's competitive, obviously the industry is competitive. So I knew that going into real estate is going to be the same thing. Um, and then, uh, what some, uh, some other good ones, you know, I think I showed up every day, you know, dressed consistency and consistent. Like I learned that from my agency days, I was suit and tie, even though I was delivering mail, you know, like, wow. you know, that first impression goes a long way. So I just, even though I wasn't doing business early on, I was, you know, I was as polished up as I could be to show that, like, I took this seriously, I took myself seriously. And I took this opportunity seriously. Um, and then just creatively through, you know, I love the way of just, you know, constantly tweaking brands, tweaking my name, my image, my brand, like my messaging to stand for something so much more than just your, your typical real estate jargon. That is just, you know, cookie cutter that every agent can use. Yes. Given to us. So does that, does that realign with what you were saying earlier about being the youngest of four boys? And because your voice was so dimmed down and all the noise, you had to find creative ways and other avenues to get your voice out there. Can we compare it to the real estate 
you know, just just the valley or just the nation. How do you stand out in such a, you know, just flooded, flooded industry? That's that's got to count for something. Dude, I've never even thought about that. I, that's awesome. To- I totally. I, I reflect back on my childhood a lot just in terms of like how I operate and how I function emotionally, you know, from communication standpoint. Um, and that is, I, I, I've never put that connection together in terms of wanting to. You no, know, you talked about it and I'm like, that, that makes so much sense because you talked about, okay, I'm going to go out and make a hundred open houses. Okay. How do I stand out? Nobody knows me. I have no network. I don't know anyone, but I got time on my hands. Okay. So let's find creative ways. And okay, let's do that. That is that, that takes a lot of commitment. And what I want people to hear, because you said it and I want to repeat and make sure they didn't miss it. You kept showing up because a lot of times you don't see the rewards. You know, you don't see the accolades. You don't see because, again, we're attached to titles. And especially in this social media currency environment, you don't see the likes. You don't see, good job, good job, Tim. Again, you talked about wanting to prove to your wife, wanting to prove it to yourself. You need to shed that layer of disappointment and failure. And you need, because a lot of us carry that weight with us a long ass time. And you had a good excuse. I'm not going to say an excuse. I'm going to say a reason to feel that way because I genuinely, I'm going to tell you, oh, come on, Tim. It's like, you know, it's, it's been a couple. No, it, it hurts. It hurts. Bad yeah. days happen. You can't, if it's a bad day, it's a bad day. Call it a bad day. But the fact to stay consistent and to show up, just the fact of getting out of the house is already that motivation to keep going. Okay, might as well. Okay, I got out the house. Might as well go show a home. But <laughs> it's how I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I guess a lot of people need to remember that you're, it's not always going to be fun every mm-hmm. other day, but you have to bring in, as you put it, you have to bring in, bring in that motivation. You have to keep reminding yourself of your why. It sounds cheesy, yeah. but that's a really big fuel, isn't it? It's huge. And I know my why now. And that's awesome to be able to say, because, you know, for a while, I, you know, I thought I did, but what I, the why I was chasing was not, was not genuine. It's not real. It was never meant to be. So I was kind of going down the wrong path. Um, so it's showing up as everything in an industry that's so focused on commissions because that's how we make our money. Obviously mm-hmm. uh, I understand why people get, you know, so, you know, burnt out because they're, they're trying to go hundred miles an hour for that every deal, every moment. Um, and if you don't, in my opinion, have that, why that's greater than the transaction or, you know, there's a higher purpose for why you're in this industry or any, industry, you're going to burn out eventually and, and fall short because you got to have something that sustains you and fuels you that gets you through and real estate is a journey for sure. Um, and that's part of the fun of it. Um, so funny, creative ways to keep going. How do you, um, cause I heard in one of your past interviews and, uh, you basically were telling, um, you were telling the host that, you know, you wish that you could be more accessible to, to younger brokers coming into the industry because you understand because it's such a cutthroat industry that a lot of them get burnt out and you wish you could be more open to the fact that, you know what, stay in the game. And this is where a lot of people lose momentum wherever, like I, even with this podcast, as a comparison, I've been doing it six years and I've had moments where where I'm asking, asking myself at 3am, why do I do this to myself? Like, why, why, like, why do I do this? Oh, that's right. I'm trying to help someone. I'm trying mm-hmm. to help someone. That's what I'm trying to do. Why, why am I Why am I sitting down with Tim again? Yes, because Tim's story can help someone. How can we help our community? How can we bring good to not, we don't need to go cross border. We can just go a sound of the street. Probably someone is yeah. collecting shoes for newborn babies. I don't know, but yeah. there are ways to help. And 
what why why that matters to me tim is because you know what you found a way to highlight the fact that we can shed the shady image of the real estate broker where with the fact that you know what yes i'm selling a home but i'm not selling as you said it's not about selling homes it's about changing people's lives and bringing just a little bit more kindness and service into our community and that is that is amazing Uh, but you mentioned how you're being very protective also of of uh, of your project how do you again because we can't do this alone tim can we because we have to have the right people around us so how do we (laughs) know how i'm not saying how do we vet how do we hire but how do we identify the the genuine people who say like hey tim i want to get involved with you so how do you vet partners how do you vet uh you know people you know matching matching donors how do we vet them tim make sure we have the right partners around us that's a really good question and that's probably an area i struggle with the most um because I, I am very protective of it. Um, I want to make sure if anyone engage, wants to you know, come alongside, it's, they're, they're genuine by nature and, and they're wanting to make it their own in their own capacities. You know, I, I did some coaching a while back and I kind of got labeled as, as very purpose-driven and I think mm-hmm. it's very appropriate. It's kind of my personality type and I absolutely believe that. But he then went on to say, you got to be careful because once you inspire someone so far, you have to then have the capacity to pull back. And let, okay. them, and let them create their own sense of purpose within the mission that you're establishing with. So when I say that, it's finding people that want or maybe looking for a way to, to elevate, you know, have maybe have a higher sense of purpose in the business or have, find their why, but allow them to figure out what stories are meaningful to them and then teach them to bring it into their own daily dialogues and their own business activities. You know, maybe they don't want to do open houses. So find another way that they can use everyday business to connect what they care about to their audience and find a way to get behind it. So for me, you know, I do a lot of people early on that loved what I was doing and would validate it would then say, I'd love to be a part of it, but they would need something up front first before they would really participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say need something up front for me, it was, I always gave without the expectation to receive. Like mm-hmm. my job is to talk to people at the end of the day and I want to add value. And to me, adding value means serving my community at the same time. And if mm-hmm. I can help people be aware of great local groups that are maybe, you know, truly changing people's lives. Um, I'm going to do that. And if people want to get involved, then I would just, you know, plant seeds and, and let them in their own ways get behind it. So early on, I think, I think why I was protective too, is people wanted to be involved, but wanted me to send them their business first. And then they would mm. get based off of that business. You know, they would require me to do something up front for them before they would see, you know, a reason or a need to get behind okay. the program. So, um, there are such incredible agents out there that do so much good. And, you know, what I would love for them to do is kind of what I've been doing is bring it into their everyday. Don't make it a side hustle or side piece of your business. Make it a part of your everyday um, responsibility. And with that, you know, you're going to truly change the way your marketplace interacts with you because you're showing that you stand for something so much more than just, you know, the responsibility of serving a client and meeting that specific need. And the consumer wants to know what you, you care for and what you stand for. And if you can do it around things that are passionate to you, it's going to come off genuine and people are going to relate to it and want to, and want to get behind. So um, for me, it's just finding agents that have that, that spark already, that kind of entrepreneurial creative drive to want to, you know, elevate their, their game a little bit and do a little bit more mm-hmm. realize that, we have so much capacity to be in such greater relationships with people than just, you know, the deal in front of us um, and give them the tools to go out and do it. Uh, but I got to see them, 
you know, want to do it kind of beforehand. And then that would be it. Probably a way I, I, I kind of vet people is to see how they're already, or if they are already kind of giving, because there are other people that want to give, just don't know how, or don't, don't have the time. Yeah. Um, so part of it is how can I give them the tools, but it's gotta be, you know, something they genuinely want to do, not just have it be part of their marketing platform. Right. Right. Cause there are, there are brokers that do that. And, you know, I've done some deals with, uh, and they're great agents. I'm not saying anything negative about them, but mm-hmm. um, Remax has this miracle home type program and I've asked about it and they didn't have anything that they could say about it, you know, but they hung it up on their for sale sign that this is, you know, a miracle. So it's a way to attract, you know, customers and bring people to the home. It's a marketing ploy. It's a marketing. You've been in a business. You've been, yeah. in business. you know, well, how to identify yeah. an ad when you, <laughs> and that's, that's part of it is I never wanted it to be seen as that. So I think keeping it just me for so long was a big part of it, but I needed resources too. Um, and now I'm with a brokerage that's, you know, cloud-based or one of the newer tech platforms and we're all over is that the real or yeah. So okay. we're in Canada and we're in most States of the U S and, so now I can take what I'm doing. Like I'm starting a podcast actually next week called the real change agents. And mm-hmm. I want to just have conversations with agents within my brokerage around the country to hear what they're doing in their communities, you know, to meet needs and if, and how they're using their business to serve those needs. So that more I'm subscribing, agents, there you go. So when I get it up and running, I'll make sure you get it. Sure. But it's all about like hearing people's stories. And when you figure out where, you know, kind of where they're, their hearts kind of are going and le- you can then maybe get involved with what I'm doing. Um, amazing. But I, amazing. You know, I think what I was struggling with so long with expanding it was I was with a great team and I was doing all these things alongside the, the team brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was never really a, a connection with other team members um, to want to be involved with it. So for example, I would get, we did 22 homes closed, for example, in September, we were a small team and I gave hundred dollars for every house that was closed. Every transaction I give a hundred dollars for Wow, needs. And I put that out to my whole team and everyone's like, yay. But when it comes to actually giving, I didn't really ever see anyone step up. So I would give, and I would say $2,200 was donated this month to giving Mm -hmm. soul that put 14 pairs of new shoes on kids living in the foster care system, shoes that they got to pick out that are brand new. And I share that story back. Right. So I would carry that. And I never felt, um, that it was truly being appreciated by my team members to the point where they would want to, you know, to be a part of it. And, mm-hmm. and I would always say like giving, yes, I, I talk about dollars raised, but to me, it's a story of impact. And for me, it's this transaction to transformation kind of message, but you don't have to give if you don't want to money, you can give time. What are some of your talents? You know, I think that's another thing we get caught up on is, you know, either we can't give enough money mm. to make the impact, or I don't know what my talents are to help anyone else. Sometimes it's just physically being present is enough, right? Um, volunteering your time, doing something, it can be so little, uh, can leave a ripple effect that you have no idea uh, or can never imagine what the be, be a mentor, be a source of information, be, be, go to a shelter, go spend some time with an old person. There are volunteer networks. There are plenty of ways. There are plenty of ways you can, you can get involved that have absolutely nothing to do with money. I teach my kids this all the time. You don't, uh, being kind doesn't necessarily have to cost you money, but no. it can cost you time. And time yeah. is very valuable. You can't get anything more valuable than time. You can't make more of it. You can't nope. get it back. And no. that is something that people need to put into consideration because I, I keep putting up Mother Teresa because it's such a great example because people just think all automatically. You think charity, you think great, great causes, but you're putting it 
right in front of them. Like, listen, okay, for every transaction done, I'm going to give $100. Okay, maybe, okay, for every dollar signed or something, you can actually do so many things, especially, and like, as you said, in the age of electronics, in the age of the internet, okay? Because people are doing Kickstarters <laughs> all the time. So as you said, I believe that is a very powerful truth because that people get lost in the fact that do they want the recognition of doing good before the good? See what I mean? So if you can actually just do the thing, if you can actually handle that charity work or that service without any expectation whatsoever, that it's a, it's a reward in itself. When you give something, when you give of your time, it's like, Oh, but please let me pay you back, ma'am. You don't No, Please, please don't. It's totally fine. It's, it's okay. And that is a great feeling. That's, there's power in that. There's greatness in that. It, there's, it's so fueling to actually understand that, you know what, I did this and it makes me feel good. If you can give money, fine. If you can't, give a little time or like come and help out, you know, volunteer. And you'd be surprised how much good you can do. You can do. Totally. And how, how are the kids responding? How, because we're always trying to set an example. We're always trying to set a legacy and that's our first legacy. How are the yeah. kids responding? How do they collaborate? How are they involved? Yeah. So that's a really great question. That this is why I made everything I do is now is for my family. And it's my why behind um, my, my job is to create uh, these platforms to be a legacy and, and something my kids can be a part of and hopefully, you know, be inspired by and, and challenge them to kind of follow their dreams, right? Follow what their, their emotions are leading them towards and know that you know, obviously mom and dad will always be there to support them. Um, so now they're finally, Ella, my oldest is eight and a half. She'll be nine in May. She's finally at the age where she can really kind of kind of grasp a little bit. So I'm always trying to show her and explain what I'm doing and the why behind it um, and the impact we can make. And, you know, we're very blessed and I've been blessed, you know, my whole life of just, you know, never having to worry about, you know, the basic needs being met. And, um, you know, I've, I, I, my kids are in that same situation. I want them to have these hearts that see, see need and want to be confident in themselves enough to stand up and, and help go help that need, whatever mm-hmm. they feel called to. So one example we're going to do here and in, in hopefully this month, if not next, when it warms up is do a kind of kind of lemonade or coffee donut stand and, we're going to raise money for a local nonprofit that I've been partnering with in the foster care system, giving. So we're going to just have big signs out there and my daughter's going to be able to share like these, everything we're raising today is going to help kids that are in need of brand need of shoes. We're going to help buy them a pair of shoes with the money we raise from these lemonade. So um, these little, just kind of just acts uh, of service kind of get them to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they've heard me talk about it, but when you're three, five and, and eight, you, know, you don't really, I think, um, absorb it the way I would think that I want, want them to, but I'm, you know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I share about what I'm doing all the time and I'm now in a position I can start showing them and having them interact a few, a little more with some of the, the things we're trying to do. Um, I don't bring them to open house. I don't bring them with clients so they don't get mm-hmm. to hear those conversations, but those little acts of, of service are, I think how I'm going to start showing them on small levels, what I, how I, how I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, through my profession and through helping clients and buying and selling homes. They know that they know I help <laughs> help people. You, with home. you can talk to your hospital. The one thing I understood about kids, because my kids are very young as well. My son is uh, seven. My daughter is going to be not, uh, 10 uh, in March. Nice. You can, you can, you know, lose breath telling them what to do, <laughs> but they are terrible listeners, but they are, ex- <laughs> they are excellent, excellent at mimicking. Yeah. They see you. Yeah. 
They see you in more ways than one. And guys, for those of you with kids, understand what I'm going to say. They hear you. You don't understand, but they see you and they hear you. So on a deeper level, if you pay close attention, they imitate you to a point <coughs> that you will surprise you. And that is for the good and for the bad. Amen. So bring, <laughs> yeah. watch your words. I know they can get annoying, especially at hmm. bedtime. Yeah. But mind the environment and the words that you speak. And in terms of just to pit out, pit, pit, I'm sorry, piggyback on the tips example. You want your kids to have those good habits, those good practices, and to be of service as well. Don't just tell them. I could spend, and I had a mentor tell me this, like, listen, we grew up in Haiti, and I don't need to brush you a perfect picture of what it is not to have, what it is to lack, what what life is like in a third world country. Mm -hmm. And just like you, thank God, my kids have never lacked for anything. Basic needs are something I've never had to, God forbid, thank you so much, that I've they've never had to experience. But sometimes I wish to teach them in a very, you know, fatherly way to teach them humility, to teach them service, to teach them that, you know what, you have the privilege of not having certain things to worry about. So examples like yours are things I'm taking note on, okay, whether to go to a shelter, whether to go help out at some point, I'm trying to include that a little bit more into their routine. So this is something that really matters to me because, you know what, they are going to be the future citizens, whether in their local town, their local city or another country. Again, you don't have to always go build a school in Africa, but you can just do good here. And that is a very good example because, you know what, we are setting the standards because the legacy starts now. It doesn't start next year when we have like the $10 million donation. It starts right now through our actions and our words. That is that is that is significant. That's significant. Applause to you, man. I love it. Yeah, it's it's something that I'm always thinking. How do I in, engage them more? How do I have them participate more? And you know, the word humility is huge because they've been blessed with with every need uh, that they could imagine, and and not ever have that the concern of questioning whether something, they, whether they something they want they can't have, or you know, food on the table, or you know, roof over their head. All these little things that we try to just show them and help them realize that they should be appreciative of this because not everyone has the same type of resources that we do. And yeah, um, but I think for them, it's the experience has to kind of come through action, mm-hmm. through activity, I should say. Um, at this young age, like they do here, but I think when you expose them to some of these environments subtly, you know, I'm not going to take like we, for example, Phoenix right now has like the worst homeless populations in the country. It's gotten extremely, I'm not, we're not going to take you know, three, five and seven year old right into the, the heart of it and just start like, you know, helping. We're going to put them in environments that they feel comfortable in, but can start seeing, you know, the truth of what we have. Not everyone has. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's such a gift. And we just need to take that, you know, we kind of take that with humility and to know that like what we have today might not also be here tomorrow. So we need to appreciate the things we have as well. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to think, how can I show them what I do um, as more value than just being able to provide to make sure that all the needs are met. But, you know, I'm using the vehicle I have of real estate to do more for our community as well. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's all, I'm always playing with it. So, you know, if you have any ideas, you know, I'm an open book. I'm always looking for that, that type of inspiration. Love it. Love it. Um, and I actually, I knew yeah, this is a fun piece. I've, I've accepted the challenge. And as of the other day, we just submitted paperwork, um, to turn homes for good into official 501 C three. So, Whoa. Okay. Big step because you're not playing around. You know, leg- step, like, next like level. Legacy. That that's late. Like when I think legacy, I don't want my kids to, to think, be able to share. If my dad sold X amount of homes over his mm-hmm. career and made this X amount of dollars or whatever it is. And yes. And I, you know, I feel bad saying this because helping people buy and sell home is a, such a 
it's such a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's the and biggest I, purchase of their life sometimes. And I value that more than I probably share. Um, but it just, it doesn't move me, you know, the way um, I would have thought it would. What really moves me in this industry is the potential of this industry to, to, to do more, mm-hmm. right? To, you know, realize that we can be in relationship with almost every part of our community uh, and bring value to it because our job is just at the core, just to be in relationship with people and to talk to people. And if we just focus purely on the need of that, that client, um, we're going to miss out on some opportunities. So I really want to push homes for good to be this platform that shows real estate in a much more transformational type of space rather than something that's so transact or seen as so transactional. And that's a narrative uh, that really needs part. to be put forward because you're right. Uh, because uh, you said so yourself that, you know, real estate agents are such a powerful network because it's such a, just like lawyers, you have to be one to understand what they go through. And it's not something that most people could be able to endure, let mm-hmm. alone sustain. So you have that network and you have that front facing, you know, client relation. And again, community presence because they see your face all over the place, right? So you know people, people know you. Yeah. And people know, and it, that that trust is something that's so valuable. And I and think that the way you go about it, the way you go about it, is such a is such a way that is so again human and purpose driven. It is not a narrative we see often. A lot of people use it as a marketing, you know, stance. But the way you put it front and center is like we are about the individual. We are about the person. We are about helping. Yes, we'll help you get into the best home that for your budget. But also just know that through dealing with us, we are also going to help change your community. And that resonates with you. Let's work together. That's I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you nailed it right there. It's just, and it's just that simple. I think we over we over analyze things. And I know I do. We, we just overthink things. We try to make them out to be more than that. But it's like we're in the business to help people. And that means we can we don't just need we can help on a bigger scale, not just the client we have, but the needs of our community at the same time. And there's so many creative ways that you can build those bridges. That's why my logo is the house and then the smile and the gap. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the gap. <laughs> and I, you know, shout out to Dennis, man. He, he did that. The logo was already there. He tweaked it a bit, but I never really put that together in terms of what that space meant. That's and that's where the change amazing. agent exists. You know, it tie, it builds bridges between the business of real estate and to the needs of community. And that's, it. there's power there. And the beauty of that is it's blank for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the choice to determine how you want to build those bridges that it's are meaningful to you, that are, are represents your voice, your brand, your mission, your vision, whatever, however you want to define it. That's your space. And all I want to do is plant seeds so more agents would do that. I'm not trying to profit off of this. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously, if it, it, if it bears fruit, that is monetary return, then wonderful. But if I can just plant seeds and empower more agents to realize the relationship capital of this business um, is so much greater than I think we focus on. Um, the rewards will be so much greater than they could ever imagine. And the business comes from it. Like, you know, my first, first month doing it, I had boys and girls of South Scottsdale material everywhere. We're helping kids get to Atlanta for their STEM program. Mm-hmm. And a couple wrote, came and engaged with me. They saw the stuff and then they left. Nice, never expected anything. They took my card. They wrote me an email the next day and had done something like 16 deals over the course of their uh, you know, adult life. Had never heard an agent do anything like what I was doing, appreciated what I shared and what I represent them. And they're a $1.5 million buyer. Spectacular. Uh, wow. You, know, you get those. I had enough of those wins early to be like, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what gets me excited. And when I lose and a deal, just, I don't just I'm, drives you just a little bit more. Yeah. And like, 
and when I lose a deal, I'm not bothered as much because that's not why I'm in this. Mm-hmm. You know, my North Star, my why is to serve, right? At its core, to serve real estate is just a vehicle for me to be of service. There you go. And the and why is there? The it, how the how can change. The how has changed for you quite often, but the mm-hmm. why never did. Never did. And Dennis, I love Dennis because he he sees it too, and he's just so honest. And uh, I love working with him because I'm just all over the map. You know, ADD, mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> Part of why I've probably done so many things is I'm constantly, you know, I like to jump and then figure out as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, some of the, as you said, like, as you bounced around through all this and continue to build it, your why has never changed. Your never mission changed. has never changed. Like, you have stayed true to that through all of it. Because I went through a couple of different brokerages because I mm-hmm. expected things they weren't delivered. So I, I changed, you know, I'm constantly trying to reevaluate and, and build. And he's like, none of it ever changes. And that's awesome. Don't lose that. And so when I people hear, have people re- share that, it, it really means a lot because it's those words that just, they inspire me, they empower me, and they just fuel me to continue to think big, dream big and act big. And now I'm in a brokerage where I can actually do that. And hopefully because of what I do, I can create a network of agents that are doing more with the responsibilities they have to meet immediate needs. And we can create this tidal wave of content that people will be able to consume that sees or shows real estate as this transformational space that helps people in the, in the need of a home, but is also helping the needs of their local communities as well. Wow. And I think there's so much that can be done with that. And it's just not enough people are trying and I'm going to try. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And you will you will achieve because action, intention, passion, and purpose all sprinkled. And I see a tidal wave of good that is coming down the pipeline and I'm excited to see it. I am I'm just you see me giddy because this is sincere. I get it. Like you know, action, intention, purpose, and passion all sprinkled into one. And I see all those elements as part of the tidal wave that's coming down the pipeline. If you can motivate, you know, other change agents coming into your fray, coming into your universe properly, you know, curating, making sure that we are motivated by the right reasons and we are all, everybody can do their own thing. We're all, you know, you know, trying to secure our business, but at the same time, you know what, listen, we're all motivated to do good, man. Tim, we are coming on top of the hour. I want to remain respectful of your time, but this was an energy filled, conversation this is this was like i told you i love these spontaneous connections but this was for me and our listeners and everyone and anyone who can take just a little nugget or a lot of (laughs) wisdom i got a lot (laughs) is it's 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 really time well spent i cannot thank you enough uh for the wisdom for the great energy the sincerity the vulnerability um i salute you and i celebrate you for everything that you're doing and the same way I told Dennis, whenever I get my ass down to Arizona, I am coming down to see you. Please, Because uh, uh, I am definitely stopping by. I, I'm writing this down to the universe. I promised him I'm coming down. So I guess I have two people to go see now. Yes, sir. So I, it's really it's really a, a privilege and an honor to have had you on. Thank you so much for this time. Well, the, the honor is mine. And I'm, I, I'm truly grateful. You know, uh, hopefully, you know, your audience learned something. But more, I, I got so much out of it just by, you know, hearing you speak and the wisdom that you share. So you know, thank you. Because again, you know, it's these opportunities that I think make me better and stronger and more motivated to continue to pursue, you know, what I feel called to in this industry. And I'm excited for the journey. And I would love the opportunity to meet with you 
face to face for sure it will happen i'm writing down to universe i've spoken it i'm very big <laughs> about that and i'm very i like to keep myself accountable with um we've said so much but this is what i call the shameless plugging time if any <laughs> of our listeners uh, want to connect with you tim where is there any particular places we can send them to yeah, uh, probably best is online, uh, social media. So I'm big on LinkedIn, Tim McBride, and then uh, Instagram, uh, change, it's Tim McBride underscore change agent. I just mm-hmm. had to change that. Um, and then I do have Homes for Good AZ mm-hmm. uh, Instagram as well. But, you know, to, to meet me more intimately on social media, and that, that Tim McBride underscore change agent is going to be kind of more the open book. The Homes for Good AZ is kind of more of a simple narrative of the work I'm doing, but that's changing a lot now. And, um, I would love to. I'm gonna, I would love to chat with anybody. Send me a message. You know, all my information's there. Uh, if you're local, let's grab a coffee. You know, I love connecting with people and just you know hearing their stories, sharing my story, and adding value however I can. Awesome, awesome. I will of course, of course, uh, link all the proper web presences and the links into Block Rose once it goes live. We do have a running tradition on the podcast. What I like to call it's not putting you on the spot. So trust me, <laughs> it's just what I call the next step. Anyone and anything, you know, a book, a quote, a lyric, a mantra, a personal uh, personal routine, anything that someone can wake up tomorrow and take as a next step towards their next level. Is there anything you can suggest or recommend to the listeners? I kind of created a mantra for myself, um, and it's on my whiteboard here, but this is a video. It's called uh, Shepherd and Warrior. And okay. it's be, yeah, and it's to be a service over self-promotion. And why I put it that is I have, you've heard me talk very philanthropic tonight mm-hmm. in terms of what I want to accomplish in terms of helping see the needs and build community around me through the vehicle of the industry operating real estate. But that is me being a shepherd to my community. And for me to execute on these goals that I have and the visions I have, I have to also be a warrior in my business. And I have those two because I can't, I don't want to be just one. I want to be both. But I start with Shepherd because that's where I feel led to be to operate most of my time and energy and put my voice. But I need to also be the warrior in my business so that I can provide for family, serve my family and needs of our family, but also serve these expectations I've had for what I want to build and what I want to give back to. So um, that's kind of my mantra. I love it. It's very simple. I've learned from you know other leaders in the industry, not real estate um, business leaders and CEOs that kind of shared something similar. I just kind of pieced it together. But I love that. So find something similar and it motivates me every day. So oh, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Put those two together and, um, and then kind of lean into it. But, I love it. Um, yeah, I just finished reading Fluid. That's right. Thirst, Scott Harrison's book. And that's been super inspiring for me in terms of how I want my brand to be recognized. I would highly recommend it. Um, Fluid. Yeah. Scott Harrison, uh, Charity Water. That, that was, a, was a powerful book. And mm-hmm. um, that's amazing. Oh man, I gotta keep I gotta grab that. That was a good one. It just kind of hit me. And as I read, I'm like, this is how I hopefully will be remembered as a real estate agent, not by again, the volume of businesses or so many homes sold, but my mission isn't necessarily clean drinking water all over the world, but whatever you know uh I aspire to make an impact in will be seen more as how of my success. The legacy is going to be a great one, Tim. I truly believe it. And, you know, you have a fan in me and a great supporter. Anytime. I'm telling you, great. Of course, we are due to meet face to face, but I'm telling you, this is an open invitation. I love this connection. I love this energy. Anytime you want to be back, any developments with Wolfram Good, any announcements you want to make, or just to chop it up, you know, I'm really an open invitation. Anytime you want to be back, it'll be a pleasure to have you back on. man. I appreciate it very much. I'll take you up on that. I love these conversations. (laughs) I I I added value, I hope. 
Oh, certainly, certainly. <laughs> oh, we are full. We are full and fulfilled. Full cool. and fulfilled. Guys, another episode of the Wicked and the Awesome Podcast in the can with my honored and esteemed guest, Tim McBride, the change agent. Change agent. Ugh, sorry. Uh, this is the beauty of podcasting. <laughs> but it's all the wonderful love, all the genuine, genuine energy and positivity that we try to we try to share one episode at a time. Tim, thank you so much for your time. Guys, do follow Tim on all his web presences, which I will link up. Guys, as always, stay blessed, stay safe, and as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.